Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 3, Episode Number 11. I am your co-host, John McStravick, joined by my other co-host, Alex Katzev. Hello, Alex. Ooh, number 11. 11's a weird word to say. I don't say it enough, but it's kind of fun. 11. Uh, well, we were episode number 11, but we are just finished week number 8. It is done, over with, never to come back again. Um, it's been a bit of a wild one, uh, but before we get into the actual recap of this week, we'll get into a little bit of fantasy talk, and uh, this is a bit of a theme for me this week. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, winning your games but leaving points on the bench. Is that really frustrating to you? Do you not care because you won the game and that's all that matters? Or does that really gnaw at you? And is there any ways for you to like minimize that? And does that happen to you often? So I feel like this goes back to a, a talk that we had previously where would you rather lose big or, or lose by a little? And in those situations, I want to be blown out of the water so that I don't have that regret. I mean, week in and week out, I, I usually look at the bench and go, man, why did I sit Marlon Mack for Nick Chubb? You know, like I should have swapped them out. But if you lost by 20-something points, then that five points doesn't matter. I can't sit there and go, well, I did the best I could. I lost. But, man, it happens every week that there's one player that, that Will Fuller's me where I'm just like, man, 40 points on the bench. Not that doesn't happen every week, but like a lot of points that I could have swapped it out. It's not, it's never the perfect alignment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I, I always get frustrated by that, especially, I mean, it's more frustrating when you lose, but it's when you win and then you know that you could have won by more, especially when you're in a tight standings race and points four is typically your next stat that goes by for uh, ranking in the standings when you have same records that's where it's killing me and especially this season that's where my points four aren't super high I'm in the running with my record I'm doing well because I'm hitting the right teams at the right time but I could be up there more except that I'm leaving points on the bench and it's also more frustrating when those points on the bench are coming from sit start debates that I have I sit somebody I've been playing and then all of a sudden they go off on a week and it just it just it was gnawing at me all weekend because almost in every game that I played, I had somebody on the bench who would have got me more points and helped me out in the standings that way. But was was it one of those situations where you knew they had a better matchup later that you didn't weren't paying attention to before, or was it dumb luck? Uh, I guess it was more the dumb luck part, but it was like I. I mean, we could talk about it now. I benched Sanders after I have him in two of my leagues and after I was been riding him out for every game up until week eight. This week I decided to bench him is when he decides to score his first touchdown and he scores a 65-yard touchdown as of a total of like 80-some yards plus the TD and he got so a good 20-plus points in most leagues. Uh, and, and, and then that was just all for nothing. I, I did, they were just right. sitting there on the bench and the guy I put him in didn't do anything like not even like match the number that he got or close to it. That at least didn't hurt as much. Like I'm talking like guy I put in maybe had five points. And so I'm missing out on 15 points right there, man. That's just like my chase Edmonds. I put him in and he got me like 3.3 points in a PPR. So I totally understand. Yeah. It, it was just a frustrating week. Uh, capping off what was an actual great week for me. And so we'll move into the weekly recaps. And I'm going to start off first this week by saying I am 3-0, and baby. 3-0. and He did it. He finally did it, everybody. Retire the jersey, 3-0. and Way, 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 way to go, buddy. There it is. Uh, it, it was. It's too much, too exciting to knock it in the uh, the wah wah horn. 
uh, it felt good. Three and zero. I was pretty. I was pretty comfortable. Three and zero. Riding it into Sunday night, I was looking good. I was going up against Aaron Rodgers in one of the leagues in my work league, so I was a little nervous. I was I had a good cushion, but I ended up only winning by like four points. Rodgers still put on a show. He's starting to come back. Uh, but Ever since I complained about him. Yeah, that's right. When you listed off all the players that were better than him in fantasy football, he heard yep. the message loud and clear right from this podcast. Um, I believe he's put up like 70 points since then in the two yep. weeks combined. Yeah, so Rodgers is uh, doing his normal October thing where he comes on. Uh, well, Frankie says relax usually, and that's what he says too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it feels good. I finally got my first undefeated week uh, all season and came in week eight. Uh, couldn't come at a better time. Good. Maybe that'll give you a little momentum going over that little hump that you always sort of like lag out at. Absolutely. It, it, it's it's especially in my work league where I'm out of the running more or less probably, but it's because I've lost three games by less than like five points for three of them. I oh, finally, I feel that. I'm finally on the other side of that where I won by like four points. So then it. I'm not going to do anything else in that league, but it still feels good to get a W. doesn't matter whether where I'm going in that league. I got you. I went 2-1 this week, uh, handedly in two of them because I have New England's defense, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, that sort of combo. Um, so that felt good. But then I have the other league where I went up against Michael Thomas, Galladay, Coleman, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, just, I didn't have a chance. And my team, I had Aaron Jones. I had Julio Jones. I have a lot of Joneses, now that I think about it. But I put up a good number, but he still beat me by 25-some points, so I didn't have that regret. I just got beat by dumb luck. Yeah, well, that that that's fine. And when you get straight up beat, that's, you know, you can do only what your team can do. At least you didn't make any bad choices that affected the outcome of your game. But I may be out of the playoffs at this point. I don't know that it's redeemable. I've lost so many times by a close margin that I should have won that there's so, so many chances I had where I didn't take advantage of it. So I may only be in the running for two of the leagues. Well, we seem to be both in the same boat in each of a league where we could have, should have won a few extra games and been in the running right now. But, uh, luck was not on our side. Fate was not on our side for those leagues, uh, which is unfortunate, but you know what? I still like to play spoiler. I'd still like to, uh, get a W each week. It still makes me feel good for at least that week. Um, yeah, and so then who was your best player of the week or players if you have somebody who's, like, really up there? You know, again, New England's defense is just stupid good, getting me, like, in the 20s week in and week out with Deshaun Watson continuously getting me points 20 or higher as a floor. Uh, Latavius Murray did great things at great times for the two weeks that I've had him in. Latmer, man, yeah, I had him again. I had him in uh, my dynasty league and in the work league that I won, which I'm out. But he just put up bonanza points. He had 30 plus points. I think he was 32 in my dynasty league, which is just crazy. And that's two weeks in a row. I did he have 30 weeks, 30 points near last week, I believe, or at least he did. In the he high did 20s. It, like 30. No, it was in the 30s. It, it may have been more. I I guess just can't believe I drafted him. You know, and just. I dropped him at some point and picked him right back up uh, once I realized my ways. Yeah, and I know we talked about this last week that you had him in our league, and then I forgot about it, and I looked again this week because I was like, who has him in? I have him in two leagues of mine, and I was like, who in the league that we're in together, the LA Locals League? And I was like, oh, of course, it's Alex. I was like, ah, it's such uh, that. I mean, talk about a handcuff and a half. I, I picked him up last year in my Dynasty League, 
off of the waiver wire because somebody just dropped him. And, but this was when he was in Minnesota and nothing was going on up there for him. And I just held him in the offseason just because I was like, well, he's a decent backup. My running back situation wasn't good. And he is like carrying me right now through the middle of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's unfortunate though because they're on a bye this week and there's no chance for him playing in week 10 in my opinion. Well, at least you know what? You got you got some gold out of him though for at least a completely. short stretch. Again, this goes back to that idea for you where you got at least get some production out of these guys that actually carry you for a little bit. There's not more much you can ask for your bench players. You really can't. But, uh, you know, at some point we should talk about the future. You know what I mean? We will. We'll get to the future. Don't worry about that. We'll get to the future in the future. In the future. We'll get there. For me, it was Latmer. Uh, Evans put up big points for me in my dynasty. So again, Good for you. You know uh, how I feel about him. Well, I don't know how I feel because he's, he's become, all of a sudden become this boomer bus player, which he never used to be. He used he's to be pretty, always been that no, way. He's, no. he's the A.J. Green of your time. No, he's not. He's much better than A.J. Green. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but he's a solid player. He doesn't have a quarterback. His quarterback, oh. And then the big pickup was uh matt stafford uh stafford really did me great this week in our la locals league hmm. i remember somebody giving you advice on picking him up i just i don't remember was that me did i do that i think i did that sure you can take credit for that not that i was uh, already thinking before this that you, i was you going know to pick but like I, but I feel so, like i feel like you had two or three that you were on the verge of and i kind of like threw it out there without knowing it you were like you know what? I do have some thoughts about that. You know, like I, I listen to this show. I, I, you know, I know what we talk about. So, you know, I do remember you being on the fence with a couple, but like already, you, you know, he was on your radar. I'm not saying it was, he it was. wasn't like and a I, sleeper. And I, I'll give you, yeah, I think your, your uh, push for him pushed me over the top to go for him instead of like two other possible choices. And it was the right call. And I do want to uh, apologize to Matt Stafford because earlier in the season on this very podcast, I said they were empty numbers and he wasn't good. And maybe that could be true in real life NFL, but you know what? Right now in this season of fantasy football, he is having a damn good season. So he is now on my team. He is probably my starter going forward. I dropped Baker Mayfield this week. Yay, uh, finally. Uh, I did that before I even picked up a quarterback. I was just like, I'm done. I'm out of the Mayfield sweepstakes. So, yeah, but Stafford's probably my QB from going on forward. And if he can do his average, I, I, I that this helps my position in quarterback immensely. I was going to say Baker Mayfield, I think, has that sophomore slump. He's just one of those players that needs to spend more time in the uh, the film room instead of making commercials, but that's just me. I'll put this out there. I don't think it's all his fault. I don't think, first off, they have an offensive line to save uh, anybody. You've and got two of the best wide receivers in football between Jarvis Landry and OBJ. It doesn't matter. If you have no time, to th- if you have a guy in your face before you can e- they can even get five yards downfield, it doesn't matter. You know, there are plenty of routes that they can do quick slants. You could do some sort of uh, sweep patterns. There's a, there's plays you can get in there. I, I understand. I mean, Nick Chubb still gets me a floor of 10 points week in and week out with no offensive line. Right. It's a little different run protection and pass protection, though. Uh, you, uh, offensive line likes to push forward. So, anyway, they might be in the Trent Williams. Uh, that, what is it, Trent Williams? or the, the, There's an offense an offensive lineman in Washington. I think it's Trent Williams. I think I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, he's the most coveted offensive lineman. He's in trade talks now. So Cleveland's in the, in the mix there that might help them a lot, but mid season, I don't know, going forward, 
I still have faith in him. I don't know if it's a coach problem. Uh, I'd, I'd say wait till next year. He'll be great next year. Uh, yeah, that? and that's why he's on my dynasty team. I'm still holding out faith in him. I'm not no, you should him. not drop him on a dynasty league. No. You should definitely hold on to him for next year. He's there. Uh, the other big disappointment for me this week was Trubesky. I had it up starting him in my dynasty Golly. league. Golly. Yeah, you got I don't uh, know. I've never liked Chicago quarterbacks. Oh, it's just, he's just, it's just no good. My disappointment's always Robert Woods week in and week out, but Jamison Crowder, I'm kind of done with. Yeah, I I remember everybody thought he. I think he had a good game or two in the first games with uh, the Jets, and then just it's just been a disaster up there. You know, I feel like him and uh, Sam Darnold accidentally played seven minutes in heaven, and just like ever since then, their chemistry's been real weird because like one of them gave each other one. It's that it's that, au- it's that awkwardness. It's so awkward each time they see. You know, each other. after you give somebody mono from just a, a silly little high school game, uh, I think that's just what happens. And now they're not really. Not really vibing. No, not at all. Um, yeah, so did you have any other uh, interesting waiver wires or trades this week? I actually didn't get any of my waiver wires. I did lie about the fact that I wasn't going to pick up a tight end. At the end of the day, like you said, I don't want to leave any points on the bench. I'm doing really well in points for. Uh, I kind of wanted to keep it up, so uh, I went up against somebody who's a Packers fan, so I picked up the Packers tight end, Jimmy Graham, and I didn't spend anything on him. Uh, I think I got him like Saturday, you know, so I didn't get any of my waiver wire picks. I tried to get the Detroit running back in all of my leagues and everybody spent more money on him. Yeah, I, I know. That's what I, I didn't go after any of that. I did try to go for the pit defense, but I this I, at least I won again because it made me feel like less like an ass. But I forgot to check the Thursday games. Didn't realize I had Washington's D in my defensive slot was going to dump them for Pitts D because they were playing Miami. And then Classic it did it, it, you, though. Yeah. That's what you do at this point in the, the season. Yeah, totally. That's what – oh, Thursday games. Don't even get me started. But anyway, it's it ended up actually game. working out because Pittsburgh looked like shit tonight anyway, so it didn't really matter. I think they all end up uh, evening out. So it was fine. I, I have other moves in the in the hopper for that. Um, yeah, so that was it. Any other sit-start debates yet? Any problems you had deciding who to sit or start or – Again, I sat Marlon Mack in two of my leagues where I should have really? started him for, I, you know, I just, I felt like they're trying to reserve him for later down the stretch and I had better options, I felt, or, you know, kind of like you, maybe I checked out for a little bit. I've got a job now. I work nights. Uh, maybe I just didn't do my research because I should have put him in over Chubb. I should have put him in for Latavius, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I should have put him in for Chase Edmonds, and I didn't. And I have that like, I should have known better. Should have, could have, would have. I just, I'm just surprised because you've been a big Marlon Mack fan all season, and I'm surprised that you were not even starting with a serve. And and let's talk about that because I just, I just traded him away in a league for Devonte Adams. Again, I was pretty shocked when you told me that when you sent me that text that you traded Marlon Mack for Devonte Adams. I thought you had it backwards. And I now, had I, I drafted Marlon Mack across the board in like the fifth round almost, you know, for or like fourth round overall. And Devontae Adams has been doing nothing for you, especially being hurt. He's doing even less for you. I'd like to tell you more about my intentions on that, but I think I'll talk about that in the future. All right. We'll get to the future in a moment but first let's hit up some uh, breaking news uh so let's see first off uh in no particular order uh joe flacco is going to be out with a neck injury 
Uh, don't think anybody really cares about that. Yeah, I'd say some would even say that's an improvement. Yeah, so we have a uh, Brandon Allen, uh, journeyman guy, I think. I think he's 27, maybe. I don't know. Uh, anything, does that interest you? Do you think that helps the wide receivers in uh, Denver? Does that make you want to get their running backs more? Or is that just a complete train wreck up there? Again, you know how I feel. I feel like that's definitely an increase in stock for the running backs. It doesn't make me want to run to get the wide receivers, but I do feel like Sutton is still somebody you could go out and look for uh, in the trade. Yeah, I have Deshaun Hamilton uh, on my dynasty. It was just like one of those deep flyer picks I've taken, and he hasn't done anything. Um, I'm actually going to drop him this week, but it's probably not the best week to do it in case there's some sort of rapport there, but he hasn't done anything for me. So he's one of the other ones that's on my radar, sort of. I'm going to drop him. I have other moves I have to make in that league, and if he's still there, I might try to repick him up and put him on my taxi. Uh, but that's about it. They're, Denver seems like they're going in a downward spiral. At least, you know, watching some teams like this, like Denver, uh, Cincinnati, and uh, Washington, and you compare them to Miami, Miami's a train wreck too, but they saw it coming, and they were just getting off this train before it like crashes and burns without getting anything out of it. Uh, and these other teams... They were, and I, th- I, think, I think they'll be fine with Fist... Fitzpatrick eventually, but I also feel like uh, it's sort of like Major League, where somebody's kind of like, "Hey, don't don't win any games. Stop winning the games. We need to." And you know, Fitzpatrick doesn't understand that, so he's actually trying to win. <laughs> yeah, he. Well, that's what uh, Fitzmagic does. Um, but anyway, that was a small, quick side tangent. So uh, next big thing is that JJ Watt is done for the season. Um, so the reason I asked this, I'm bringing this up though, and cause defense, one player doesn't make a defense, although he's as close to, as you can get to that. Uh, I don't know where the Texans D are. They're probably pretty good, probably above average. But my more question is how do you think this is going to affect the offense? Because if the defense isn't as strong now with him and say offenses are on the field more, that means then Houston's offense is on the field less. So it's almost that a good offense is the best defense kind of scenario. Did you think that might play out in, in Houston? Are you worried about that having Deshaun Watson as your quarterback? Uh, I feel like it's going to make it to where he has to throw more because they're going to be behind because the other teams are going to be scoring so quickly. This is true. This is the other side of that coin where he just has to launch that ball. I hope so because I've had uh, uh, Hopkins in my dynasty and he's just been average this year, very average. And we've talked about this uh, previously. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's going to affect it. And that that's a more of a longer term thing. Like you're not going to see that necessarily right away but they might have more struggles uh, score or keeping points off the board. So they'll have to put more up on the board. Uh, next up is Deshaun Jackson, supposedly coming back to practice this week. That would be great. Uh, he's been MIA for six weeks now, not since week two. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I don't care at all. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, anyway, so uh, Kenyon Drake traded to Arizona. Uh, is there any Here's value something there? something I care about. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh <clears throat> I feel like that says something about their running back situation right now, that they know that both their running backs are injured. I don't know when they're coming back, but I think he, they got like a fifth, they gave away like a fifth round, maybe even a sixth round draft pick for him. Yeah, it, it's not much at all. But for a team like Arizona not going anywhere, it's questionable for a guy who's going to be a free agent. Like, just ride out with who you have on your squad. Like, you're not going anywhere. Why give up that draft value for that? And for a guy who's. 
average, I guess. Yeah, see, I'm not running out to spend a bunch of money on them, you know? Like, maybe, again, if I could get them on a Saturday, uh, maybe I'd do that if I have room. But well, whoever has I, I, David Johnson or the other running back is going to go after him. You know it. Somebody's going to overpay for him, I think. So do you think you this think does so? anything? so? Really? How much? Our league. What's your Our league. guess? You had a your bunch guess? Of, uh, I could see somebody doing like 12 to $15 for him. I was, I was going to say 10 would be the max I would think anyone would do for a Kenyon Drake. All right. Well, let's see what the, who gets the Spendy Award for Kenyon Drake this week. Um, but do you think this does anything for anybody left in Miami as far as their running back situation goes? I know I saw Mark Walton is like the big hotness now in Miami because uh, I'm not, Drake is I'm not, tu- I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. Not a chance. All right. Yeah, well, I guess not. I guess more if you're in looking in dynasty-wise, it's definitely worth a look to see if there's some diamond in the rough that now is going to get some nope. opportunity. Nope, I, I would even wait on that and uh, wait for your little freshman draft or whatever it is and pick up whatever whoever they draft as, as your person on that. Um, I think you're crossing the lines on your college fandom and your pro fandom where they don't do freshman years in foot pro sports. They do rookie years. So it's a rookie draft. Fred. Rookie years. Uh, all right. Well, I, that's I think, enough. I think really what it was is I don't have any dynasty leagues. I, I only do uh, redraft leagues. All right. Well, we'll maybe try to get you into uh, my dynasty league. If we have any owners who are looking to get out of the game, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting one. I think I, I would be pretty good at that, considering I do like college football. Yeah, well, that that's actually anybody who's a big fan of college football can do really well in Dynasty because they can do well in the draft and they have young guys they maybe uh, can pick up on the waiver wire. So, uh, But that's enough of the breaking news. Uh, let's get into some tra- strategy talk for the week. Um, I first wanted to talk about uh, just more a little bit of this talk that there's a lot of trade deadlines, uh, the trade deadline rumors that are coming up in the NFL, which is becoming like a new norm in the NFL where they're actually trading big players or at least above average players, usually later on in their contract, later on in their years, maybe like 30, 30 plus usually is moving. Uh, occasionally you'll get a young person who gets moves. That's only if it's a really bad team looking for some big draft picks like Jaguars did with Jalen Ramsey, that kind of thing. But I'm just curious, do you follow the trade deadline in the NFL? Does that, does that affect how you're looking at your own waiver wire situation now? Because there's been a lot of moves and there's some more moves. We talked a little bit about last week with Sanu going to the Patriots and does that sway you at all with how you're strategizing now at this midpoint of the season? You know, uh, the trade stuff doesn't really affect me. I try to stay away from it uh, because I feel like players have to learn a new playbook. It takes them a little time to kind of catch up to what our expectations are. Like we just expect them just to go there and Antonio Brown, uh, you know, the situation in one game and just be able to do it right off the bat. And, and, and I think we forget that uh, it's a lot for them to take in and they're kind of being thrown in mid season to a team that, has been spending months kind of keying up other players and sort of working on that. And, 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 and honestly, I feel like it should be shorter. I feel like week four should be kind of like the trade deadline because like at this point you're sort of stocking up for the Super Bowl If you're trading, you're kind of thinking towards the future. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, it, it, so you think it's a little bit of kind of fool's gold to kind of like go in on somebody and try to, either pick them up on the waiver wire or maybe make a trade for somebody who just got traded in real life. 
it just it seems like one of those things where like it's a Carlos Hyde situation where if he's already on your team and then he gets traded, you're kind of like, well, I guess I'll keep him, you know, and see how it works out. You know, I think that's really more of the situation. That's usually how I that's usually how I look at it is like if I have one of these guys, I'm kind of happy if they weren't doing much on one team, they do move because maybe just the new scenery will give them a boost. But mix I it up a little bit. Yeah, but either than that, I, I mean, I witnessed this re- in firsthand last year when the Eagles picked up Golden Tate. It was like, okay, I guess so. He's a solid wide receiver, but it took him until the second game, second round playoffs to actually make anything worth of that trade where he had like a goal line catch and save the game. But outside of that, up till that point, he was it was like a bad trade. Like we gave up a third round pick for him. Point being is that those things don't usually work out like you're saying because there, there's yep. a, little, a whole lot more in football. It's not like basketball. It's not like baseball where you just go up there and you guys either shoot the ball or swing a ball at a bat like your natural talent. Like there's so much more in football intangibles that you can't just uh, walk into someplace typically. Yep. Um, all right. So then moving from the trade deadline of the current, let's uh, look ahead to the future and uh, this is kind of a uh, bookend to another segment we did that'll be coming out as a bonus part uh, where we looked back at the first round picks of this season and just looking uh, first and second round picks of this season, looking at who is worth their value or who is underperforming. Uh, but this time I want to look forward now and see anybody who's kind of blown up a bit on the scene who who's been probably like way down the line in rounds of drafting but now is is pushing into the conversation of a top one, top two round kind of pick. You know, like I, I, I've talked about Cooper Cup being annoying every single week, so I definitely think he's going to be one of the people like in the top four or five spots that people, you know what I mean? Like I feel like Michael Thomas is going to be at the Antonio Brown echelon where he could be like a first overall next year. Uh, those two people have been the most annoying people I didn't draft. Is that why they're annoying? Just because you didn't draft them? They keep putting up like 20 points, 30 points, 15 points as like a, a floor. And it, for the people who drafted them, they're carrying their team right now. So I feel like their their spot moves way up. Yeah, well, again, uh, not to harp on some sour grapes, but I had Cooper Cup in my dynasty and I traded him away for a first-round pick, and it's like the worst move I've ever made, but I'm trying to just move past it. But it's just, I mean, he had 156 yards before halftime against the Bengals. It's over 200 yards, a touchdown. It's just putting up insane numbers week to week to week. And um, yeah, so Cooper Cup, honestly, is probably the number one player that's going to jump up the draft board into, I think, the first round next year. I, I could definitely see him going in the late first round next season. Do you agree with Agreed. that? Oh, for sure. But does he go before or after Michael Thomas? Ugh, I would say he would go after. I would feel more comfortable with Drew Brees in that offense than I do with um, the Rams and golf. Uh, like, I think McVay makes that team. I don't think Goff is, is – he's an average quarterback, maybe a slightly above average quarterback. But, I mean, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. Sean Payton's, uh, you know, as smart or smarter than even uh, McVay is. And Michael Thomas is just, like, a beast. The only thing that difference is that in New Orleans, I think they spread the ball around a little bit more, where it seems like right now, this season at least, the Rams are just feeding Cup. So, 
so uh, other players that might jump up the board now, like let's stick with wide receiver right now. Um, so I was looking at our stats of the players that are the top players in fan points right now in our league. And one of the things it also tells you is what their pre-draft ranking was. So Cup was a 51 uh, in wide receivers. Wow. He was a 51st wide receiver, not just overall the wide receiver. So he's going to jump up high. Goodwin was uh, Goodwin uh, or God uh, is a Godwin over in um, Tampa Bay. He was 31st, so he's jumping up. Don't you think he's going to be a top uh, two round draft pick? Do you think who will go in the second round next year? I think he'll go in the second round. I don't think he'll go in the first round. No, not first. Will, yeah, no. Um, what I do want to say is that Michael Thomas has 147 fan points and Cooper Cup has 138. So as of now, you'd be making the right move. Yeah, so those two are neck and neck. Um, I, my question is, do you think any? Do you think either of them jump um, Hopkins, though, up a pass as the top wide receiver? I know he's having a down year this year, but, like, I don't see that continuing on, especially with Deshaun Watson. Do you see that, or do you think that these two both uh, leapfrog uh, Hopkins as the number one receiver? I do. I think they leapfrog him. I mean, he's one of the most consistent wide receivers, but unfortunately, they're putting up more points. Uh, see, I, I would, I, I would maybe still go with Hopkins. I don't know. So it'll, it'll. You be may, some... you may get to. So, in future talk, yeah, he'll still be on the board for you wherever he lands, because everyone else is going to be high on everybody else. Yeah, so my, I'll get him back in the squad, in the fold where he belongs on my team. Um, so the other wide receiver is that's jumping up, I think, the board. So the question is, will he break into the second round? And that's Chark, Chark Jr., uh, Jacksonville Jr. No, I, I also think he's a third or fourth rounder. Really? Just in ja- people aren't paying attention to Jacksonville wide receivers. So, but, okay, do you say that out of that idea that just people don't pay enough attention or that he is not worthy to kind of jump it up into that spot? He's been pretty consistent. He's only had like two down weeks, it seems, from the the team I have him on. So I like him. I don't love him because uh, it's not it's not boomer bust. He's pretty consistent, it seems, as of now. But that's what I like about him. He's a consistent floor of about but it's, 15 it's not, points. It's not and then flashy. No, but he's a consistent floor about 15 points. But then if he gets that extra touchdown or extra big bomb, um, he can jump up and jump you right into 25 points on any given week. I agree. I just don't know that anyone's paying attention to him. That's great for me because then I can pick him up in the fourth (laughs) round and then I'm set. I'll have I'll have Hopkins and Chark as my top two receivers and I'll pick up uh, maybe one of these running backs that is going to jump up there. Okay. so what else? Okay, so running backs. Uh, This one's not really a jump or a stretch, but I I think from where his pre-draft ranking was. So I'm going to say Dalvin Cook, who was the number 12 running back in the pre-draft rankings is now, I think the number one running back in football. Uh, Oh no, he's behind uh, McCaffrey, but McCaffrey was already up there. My question is, does cook jump up to be the number two running back in all of football in the draft next season? Do you think he's the number two? I believe so. Yeah. I think it goes McCaffrey cook, you know, then Michael Thomas. Um, Then after that, it's Aaron Jones is another one. He was the 24th. Uh, pre-draft ranking so do you think he jumps up to number three as far as running backs or do you think like one of these other guys like Elliot or Johnson stay up that high and and get drafted above him I think Zeke Kamara um, you know I don't think Johnson uh, I think maybe Hopkins is better 
So you think Jones uh, will be below all those guys, but they'll still be in the first round. Do you think Jones, Aaron Jones, or do you think he's a second rounder? He's probably more of a second rounder. It, it's tough to trust because again, they, they've got that new offense this year. So who knows what they do next year? Um, it's still too early for me to sell on, uh, to sell that high on Jones. What about Marlon Mack as a candidate for somebody that's going to, whose stock value talking about the future talk from earlier. You know, it's uh, he's only at best a second round pick for me still. Like, but in the way that running back can run pretty thin pretty quick, he's still uh, could be. He's a low end, I guess, RB one and really high end RB two. So there, he's definitely going to be in that back end second round. I think is where I would. See you let him me. Going. You let me know when you want to talk about him and my trade that I made. Who did you trade him with? Who did you trade him for? I traded him away and, and received Devonte Adams. Yes, I know. We talked about this. So, and how's that going for you? Well, I did it for the future. I did it because I'm now looking towards the playoffs. I'm now thinking. I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't like that move one bit at all. I don't like that move. I don't like that move because you're trading a running back. You're trading a really good running back, and you're trading it for a wide receiver who. Wide receiver depth is not as hard to find. Plus, Devontae Adams has yet to show a whole lot of firepower. He's been hurt. Who knows how he's going to be when he gets back. They're clicking fine without him. So I just don't know. I know you're adding then in possibly more fireworks to an already explosive offense at this point. But I I don't know. I, I just... I like some steady stuff and knowing what I'm getting specifically from the running back spot. And you had a really good pick in Marlon Mack. So I, I, I just, I'm very, I question that move as much as I think you just knocked it out of the park with the Aaron Jones trade. I am questioning this move. You know, it's in a league where kind of like to mix it up about this time. Uh, another other leagues, there's not that many trades. There's not that many controversial trades and, I just I like to offer people just whatever in that league and kind of see what they come back with and whatever they come back with I'm like you know what why not well that's that's good that's good but that's in the past you made that trade that already happened we're looking to the future now we're looking to there, the future there, there you go we're in the future right now uh, so you're one of your guys that you have a lot of experience with Austin Eckler where do you think he he was 103 pre-draft do you think he would be able to jump up into the first two rounds or or is that just complete mess down there with the Gordon with the offensive coordinator possibly a coach being fired who knows like do you think he's even on the radar to be up that high because I mean like he's the he's one of the top five running backs this season so far I don't think uh, I, I would draft him high at all because they spent so much money on Gordon that as long as he's at training camp, he's going to be the guy next year. But do you think then they try to trade Eckler or something like that? Or, you know what I mean? Like, if if he was a starting running back, though, like, or what if they trade Gordon because of all this crap that he went through and a team says, yeah, I'll do a sign-in trade and then Eckler's the guy, like, do you then put him up into the set t- uh, top two rounds of the draft? Yeah, absolutely, because I feel like it was Eckler was running great without Gordon. Gordon should have just stayed at home until week eight and let Eckler take the rock. I, you know, I wouldn't have had to get rid of him. Okay, and uh, two more for running back. Uh, Fournette, he was pre-draft 34, but uh, he's up there, same thing, in the top six, I think. So I still I would, don't don't like Fournette. He's, I don't like him either. Too much drama. I'm actually surprised when I, so I was going through this list, I was surprised at how well he's doing. Again, same thing, Jacksonville. He's kind of doing it quietly down there, but he's sixth in running back fantasy points with 126 fan points. So 
he's doing his work down there just very quietly, but I, I don't know how long that's sustainable. Uh, and then the other one is Chris Carson, who was pre-draft 45, but I mean, same thing. He's uh, all the way up there in the top six, top seven. Uh, he's just behind Elliott uh, by a few points, so he's running just as well as some of the, the top running backs in all of football. Would you draft him in the second round? Draft who? Chris Carson, Seattle running back. I would now. Um, I generally don't touch. But like next year, if like he kept up the pace yeah, he's doing. That's, would... that's what I mean. Um, but I, I normally, I, you know, you want to talk about statistics. You could go back every single year. You're not going to see a Seahawk on my team. I agree with that. Oh, no. I Russell Wilson is, uh, I'm. he's on my radar next year for our quarterbacks. No, he he could be. You're just again statistically, it's not going to be on my draft board. Statistically, Russell Wilson is legit quarterback, and he's one of the top quarterbacks for for sure. I'm not arguing that. I'm never going to get him at whatever position I think he's worth. Okay, that's fair. I get what you're saying there. Let's just then finish this up with some tight ends. Um, the the number one tight end Ooh, in all of football right that's... now. Let's talk about tight ends. Yeah, I know tight ends, right? Let's let's talk about them. I know. I love a good tight, compact end. You know, it's it's tough to find them. You know what I mean? Like they're they're hard to find. Yeah, let's go. On. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So uh, Austin Hooper, uh, pre-draft eighty-five, and um, he's the number one uh, tight end in all of football right now. He is on my dynasty league, uh, which is fantastic because he's finally, this is his third season and I've been just waiting on him and he's finally coming through. I saw some weird talk that he might get traded this off season. I don't know, but he's finally proven his worth. Um, I, would you take him now in uh first or second round? Like, uh, that's big, uh, right? It's the same kind of conundrum though with running back, though. How it thins out really fast after Travis Kelsey goes. Then like, who's next? Because uh, Zach Ertz has just fallen off, just fallen off the face of the earth as far as tight end viability. I goes. think I think Hooper's going to be the third tight end. And who will be the second tight end in your mind? Uh, taste the rainbow, George Kittle. All right. Uh, yeah, that could possibly be, um, that I, I think you're right, but I think that still, it depends. He's, he'll be a late second rounder. If he's not, he's going to be an early third for Hooper. Um, the, uh, Damian Walker, the, uh, tight end of, uh, the Oakland Raiders is, yes, he's been on my radar for weeks. Waller, I believe his name is. Oh, Waller. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had that down, written down wrong. Uh, Waller, Damian Waller. Yeah. He's number three in the league. He's right behind Kelsey. Uh, yeah. By just a few points, like again, the Raiders. You know, everybody looked to the wide receiver after Brown got cut, but we all should have been looking at the tight end. That's what we should have been looking at. Yeah, I mean, Jared Cook last year was money, so absolutely. Um, yeah, and then the last one is your uh, diamond in the rough, Mark Andrews, who was like pre-draft one thousand one hundred eighty-four, and <laughs> is now like the number uh, five tight end. Yeah, Jake. Jake pulls me aside and goes, "Man, you don't. You just drafted a kicker. I just. I don't understand. It's. It's the tenth round. You just drafted a kicker. You don't have a tight end." But I don't have my tight end. Everyone else has a tight end but James. I'm not worried about him making a good decision. So I'm just going to go ahead and go for the number one kicker. And I'm going to wait on my tight end. And he was like, all right, if you say so. So Mark Andrews still on my list. As I'll probably have to draft him at least by the, like, the fifth round if I want him. Though. Yeah. All right. Well, 
we got to wrap this up. So uh, let's move on to our bold predictions for the week. Um, I'm going to have you go first on this uh, as far as the bold prediction. I still have my Patriots winning 17-0, and 0, which is it's hard to say. Uh, maybe I go ahead and I bold predict myself going 3-0 and 0 as like a – there's no way that's going to happen because I know. But I'm, my team's on a bye this week against Jake. So maybe I beat Jake as my bold prediction. I am going to go with the bold prediction of I'm going to go with the bold prediction that the Niners lose. Wow, man. I didn't see that one coming. That was smack dab in the face. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go with. And uh and you know who they're playing? Uh they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. So it's a very very bold prediction. I like I like that. I think I looked at that uh as well. The Cardinals on their list uh was the one I circled as their trap game. So, you know that and in real life, I believe I, I that's actually true. It's a Thursday night game. Those games usually play out like, you know, nitty gritty, not real great. So it, it, it could happen. Um, all right. Well, then, if there's nothing else, uh, we can wrap this up. Where can everybody reach you? You can reach me at Think Curly at Twitter. Wonderful. You can reach me at Jay Stravs on Twitter. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you then. Anyway.